welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Talon Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, you guys, today we have Daisy Douglas joining us, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. I've been following along with her writing and her content for a while now, and she just goes so in depth with her audience and her community and just gives you such helpful information to guide you through the world, through the lens of evolutionary astrology and energetics and metaphysics. And yeah, she's just an amazing speaker and has so much wisdom to offer us. So in this episode, we talk about evolutionary astrology and how it's a little bit different from other forms. Um, It really specifically takes you through your soul's karma and helps you find your soul's blueprint through astrology, which she talks about. We also talk about healing from childhood conditioning and overcoming an eating disorder. And we talk about the soul's authenticity and the soul's blueprint and how all of this ties in together. So I'm so grateful that she was here to hang out with us. Enjoy this episode. And as always, thank you so, so much for being here. It means a lot to me. And if you feel like a friend might benefit from this information, go ahead and send it along. Spread the love. All right. I'll talk to you on the flip side. I'll ask you is how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising rituals or routines that you go to? I do. I actually am like, my routine is everything for me, like for my well-being and my happiness. I, um, you know, some might say I'm a bit too attached to my routine, but I'm like that kind of person where if like something gets in the way or someone gets in the way of my routine, I'm in like a bad mood. <laughs> so yeah, I, I do kind of shift around my morning practices a little bit, but I'm always every morning going to be doing some kind of subconscious reprogramming, whether it's with 2B Magnetic at the moment, though I'm going really down the hypnosis path because I'm also about to um, launch my mentorship program and I'm actually sort of getting certified right now in hypnosis. So I'm like obsessed with just reprogramming the mind. Um, and yeah, every morning for me, like a good cardio workout is everything. It gets my endorphins pumping. Um, and then I'm really big on like my skincare routine and just, you know, taking my morning supplements and everything, (laughs) but also sometimes I'll do tapping in the morning, definitely some journaling. Uh, so just really depends on like what I'm needing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Um, and can you, well, we talked about this right before we started recording, but I'm so interested that you're taking Lacey's, um, is it, are they like water drops or tell me about what you're taking from to be magnetic. Yeah, the flower remedies from Alexis Smart. And so she's just on a collaboration with to be magnetic because I believe Lacey from to be magnetic, she took some of her flower remedies and was like blown away. So they were like, okay, we have to do a collaboration. So I'm at the moment taking their one called unblocked. And it's, yeah, it's these flower remedies are like magic. Like if I could, I'm going to drop my magic weapon here for everybody right now and tell everyone what I'm doing. So I'm basically aligning for the month, a hypnosis with the flower remedy. So this month for me, because I'm about to 
be doing a massive up level with my business. I'm restructuring a lot of my business at the moment. So I'm taking Unblocked and I'm like, universe, bring up anything that is stopping me from stepping into my highest potential with my career, like bring it at me. And then next month I'm taking Unburden and that's gonna be to do with unlocking one of my deepest core kind of wounds that I'm very aware of, but you know, we all have these kind of patterns of belief that can still over, not overtake us even, but like they, they're in our awareness and it's exhausting sometimes. And specifically it's those parts of ourselves that are trying to protect us, but we're like, we don't need you to protect us any, or I don't need you to protect me anymore, but it's still there because it's so deeply ingrained. And so that thing for me is this like deep, deep, deep seated fear. Like my inner child, she's hooked into this belief of like, if people don't like me, I will die, <laughs> you know? And that fortunately for me never manifested as like people pleasing tendencies. However, it's definitely, I still recognized it in my awareness. And when I was younger, it was like a lot of social anxiety. Now, cause I've done so much work on that part of myself, it's not really controlling my behavior anymore, but I'm still aware of that part of myself that's trying to protect me. And so next month when I take on burden, I'm coupling it with a hypnosis that's just going to clear that belief. And then finally I'm doing one on love. So yeah. <laughs> oh, beautiful. I love yeah. that you say, you know, you're going through this particular block with feeling like if you are unloved or something that like your world's going to end. Um, yeah. if you're not approved of. So what have you seen that's been able to help you get through that block in real time? Like, have you seen triggers come up for yourself that you've been able to work through? Definitely. You know, I mean, it's, it's such a funny one because I, my natural personality type, I'm such a performer. I like, I love being in front of the camera and everything, but then, yeah, there's definitely also that part of me that will come up sometimes and be like, how is that going to be received? And, you know, it can be so subtle sometimes, but I kind of catch it and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's like potentially blocking me from fully showing up. And even recently I'm starting to kind of change my language, my conversation on Instagram, cause I don't want to hold back anymore. And I think many of us have noticed that these days on Instagram, you could say anything and someone's going to get offended. And that's something that has definitely been holding me back a bit. But now I'm just like, you know what? I want to like majorly attract the right people to me and filter out the ones that don't align with my message and that's okay. So that's something that I'm really like moving into at the moment. And, and the biggest part though is just the regulation of the nervous system. And that's something I'm, you know, every day trying to apply more and more is just using a very simple breath, you know, breathing mm -hmm. to attune to my inner child and just tell her, I am here with you. I love you. I'm not going anywhere. Um, and that it, it sounds so simple, but that's literally the way that we start to clear these things for ourselves. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so curious to know about your upbringing as well and how you got involved with all of this subconscious healing work and astrology. Like were your parents into this or, or what led you here? Yeah. So my mom definitely dabbled in the realm of spirituality as I was growing up. She would come and like teach meditation at my school, um, which is so funny. I think all the kids came because she'd give out chocolate at the end, not because of the meditation. <laughs> but um, she definitely kind of opened that up for me a bit. My dad wasn't really in the picture. Um, I don't really have a close relationship with him, which is 
for the better, I think, of my well-being. Um, but my mom, yeah, I, I also found growing up, I like desperately did not, not desperately is not the right word, but I painfully just did not feel like I fitted in. Um, so I think I went through my own journey of growing up and convinced like there's something wrong with me. Why don't I fit in? I don't understand. And of course, now doing the work that I do and I wish I had this knowledge as a child, the more that you try to fit in, the more you will not fit in. The more that you try to make people like you, the more you will repel people from liking you because it's literally internally, you're energetically like abandoning your truth. You're abandoning yourself to try and fit into something and that will manifest as repelling, you know, the one thing that you want, right, as a child, as a human being. So growing up, I think that deep sense of just being born into an environment that was very misogynist, um, you know, and just very quite toxic. It was kind of like a small town, toxic mentality. I, I just had to get out of there. And as soon as I was born as well, when I was like three, I didn't want to be Australian. <laughs> I like adopted an American accent when I was like a child. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mom, I'm not meant to be here. I've just come back from Italy. Like, why am I in Australia? Oh, and <laughs> And yeah, that really just propelled me. Um, I also, when I was in my teens, I developed a pretty bad eating disorder. And that basically just took me to my edge. I had a moment where I was like, I'm either going to die or I, like, I have to like, figure this shit out. And I was like, I want to live. And that really um, opened so much in me. And then I moved to Ubud um, in Bali. And that was a really transformational experience because I was surrounded by people who were just the most supportive of your authentic self um, than I'd ever met in my life. So that was so healing. And yeah, when I was in my um, mid to late teens, one of my best friends showed me an astrology book and she, and I was like, what is this bullshit? You know, still quite conditioned by the environment I'd grown up in. I was like, I don't know if I believe in this. And then I started reading this book and I was just obsessed. And that's how my love affair began. <laughs> Mm, yes. I think I can relate to you so deeply, um, especially on the level of eating disorders and uh, looking at our bodies like our enemies to some degree. And I think for a lot of people in our community, it takes some kind of major like upheaval uh, where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm pushed to the wall completely. Like I have to make a decision. How am I yeah. going to heal myself? So did you go to astrology first or what was your unraveling from that point? Yeah, I I think the first, my mom gave it to me. It was the first book that she ever read in terms of self-help and self-love. And it was the first book that I ever read. And it was You Can Heal Your Life by Louise L. Hay. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like in, that was when I was quite sick. I was probably like, and around the same time, definitely astrology came in. Um, but I, and then I read like, you know, Eckhart Tolle, um, and then, yeah, around the same age, that's when one of my best friends, I think it was like 16, was one of my best friends showed me um, this astrology book. And yeah, the way that that began for me is I was just, I thought it was so cool. And I would just start pulling up all of my friends' charts because that, you know, they were like, I don't know if I believe in this. I was like, just wait, just let me show you. I'm going to blow your mind. And they're like, oh my God, how do you know all this stuff about me? And then when I was probably like, 18 or 19, I enrolled in Sydney Astrology School. 
And I, yeah, that was the first ever school I went to, but I have studied under many different teachers because I tell that to everyone who's learning astrology. I'm like, don't just learn from me or one person. There's so much to learn and there's so many different lenses to look through. So absorb as much as you can. (laughs) You are one of the first people I've met that actually went to school for astrology, which I'm so fascinated by because I think a lot of us have a pretty basic like surface level understanding of astrology, but you got to study with quite a few different people. So what did you learn um, from them and how did you develop your own signature? Because I assume everybody kind of has their own unique way of reading, right? Definitely. Um, And yeah, fortunately, my teacher was amazing. You know, I definitely tell people to be very careful. Okay, firstly, like, don't believe everything you read on the internet, you know? (laughs) So many people come to me and they're like, having issues with aspects of their chart. And I'm like, no, 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 please don't listen to that. Um, You know, I, I, I feel like what has really driven me to um, individualize, I guess I could say the way that I offer my work is that I'm just so passionately driven by the theme of authenticity. And now a new massive theme that's emerging for me is abundance in all areas of life, which I also believe is very intertwined with the, um, you know, organic alignment with our blueprint. When we're in that organic alignment with our blueprint, we are in alignment with our authenticity, which equals happiness, which equals abundance. So it's like this beautiful, um, yeah, meeting point of all of these these uh, ways of being. And, um, you know, when it comes to reading the chart, I, there's definitely this level of intuition and just you know, I do feel like I've been connected to astrology for many lifetimes because there's just aspects of, I guess, sometimes when I'm giving my readings, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm saying, you know? (laughs) And then I, and then sometimes I'm like, oh, I need to write that down. And I'm like, excuse me, just a second. I need to write that down. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever had a past life uh, regression done for yourself? Yeah, I have. And the coolest thing again is like when I'm reading people's charts and they have had past life regression work done, they will be like, oh my gosh, everything you just told me about my past life energy, that's exactly what this other person has told me. And so it's so cool to see that we're all pulling from the same source through different tools. Yeah. Um, Yeah. My past life, I had a really... I had firstly this psychic, she told me, she confirmed that I've lived like my five past lives in Italy and I've been a man, which I can see in my chart that I was a man in my past life for sure. Um, And what really hit me was my most recent past life. I was like an Italian sculptor and I would sculpt women's bodies. And she said, I love the feminine form so much. I came back as a woman and that like activated something in me. Oh, I love that. Uh And then recently I had a quite a vivid flashback um, to a past life and I saw myself in this like center in like Spain or Italy and all these people were throwing tomatoes at me. And I feel like that's connected to kind of this like deep kind of wound or fear that I have of like large groups of people being against me. And I feel like that's something I've kind of carried for some lifetimes. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. And have you lived in Italy before? Have you been to Italy a little bit? I have. Yeah. I feel so connected to Italy. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my first boyfriend, he was Italian. Um, but yeah, I do. I do visit quite often. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So what kind of astrology do you particularly study? Because um, there are a few different types, right? Like Vedic yeah. and educate me a little bit because I'm not sure. So how do they differ? Yeah, they, well, there's, there's, there's many different lenses that you can look through. There's like the Vedic astrology. I mean, this is the other really cool thing. Astrology was the first quote unquote science that, you know, ever existed because in ancient times, all of these different cultures around the world that had no way of communicating with one another, the first tool that they all were using to understand, you know, the cycles and rhythms of nature and their society and everything was the stars. And so you have like the Chinese astrology, you have the Indian astrology, you know, you have the Western Roman kind of astrology, you have Mayan astrology. There's so many different kinds. Um, and evolutionary astrology is what I practice. It branches out of the tropical Western astrology system. And I, I'm, I'm biased because I'm obsessed with evolutionary astrology, but I don't see any other way to read a chart than through an evolutionary astrology lens. It's the first paradigm of astrology. It was created by Jeffrey Wolf Green, who's passed over now, but it was the per first paradigm of astrology that... Um, actually brings the soul's journey into the reading of the chart. So that's why a lot of, um, you know, kind of traditional astrologers, it's kind of like a very profiling reading where you're just kind of being told who you are and given quite definitive answers about yourself, which I think is quite disempowering. And so evolutionary astrology, it's incredibly empowering because it's, looking at your soul through an evolutionary perspective it's looking at why you are the way that you are not just what you are but why have you come in the way that you have based on the actions behaviors decisions of your past life experiences and it helps us to see you know why are we having to deal with certain patterns why have we gone through certain initiations in this lifetime so that our soul can move forward on the journey that it's needing to to, to go on, um, you know, to keep developing and moving through this crazy human experience. <laughs> right. So, oh, yeah. Awesome. So evolutionary. And I should have asked you this in the beginning, but what is your sun, moon and rising? Yeah. So I'm a Virgo sun. I am an Aquarius moon. I'm a Sagittarius ascendant and my Venus and Mars is in Cancer and my Mercury, it's in Libra, which you can probably hear. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit more about Venus and why we all love Venus so much? Because I, I'm just starting to get familiar with this. So uh, oh, yeah. what's your take on Venus? Venus. So through an evolutionary astrology lens, we always want to bring in the question of why. So not just interpreting like what the placement is, but we want to ask, why have you come through with Venus in this place? So when I'm reading a Venus in the chart, it actually firstly is going to speak to relationship dynamics that the person has come from in the past life, hence why the soul has chosen to come through with the Venus placement in this lifetime. And then from that point is going to speak to the person's organic kind of partner or natural relationship dynamic that will allow them to step into their greatest potential in this lifetime that supports their authenticity. Um, so Venus, apart from the relationship side of things, she speaks to value, to creativity, to our relationship, to beauty. And that's another really beautiful lens I like to look through um, with Venus. It's like whatever archetype she lands in your chart, it, it helps us to understand what your relationship is like to aesthetics. Like what do you find beautiful? What, what kind of 
beauty creates harmony for you. And it's really funny because, for example, with Venus and Scorpio, you know, that kind of beauty to the average person might be a bit scary. You know, Venus and Scorpio, it likes a bit of an edge. It likes something that's a bit dark. It likes a bit of a taboo theme and something that's a bit more intense, right? Um, and same like Venus in Aquarius, it's like that abstract kind of beauty. You know, if you ever want to impress an Aquarius, just radically be weird and yourself and they will love you. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Are there other planets that particularly stand out to you that you'd like to work with more often? Mm, I mean, they all feed into one another, but my favorite, like when I'm reading a chart, I spend the most time looking at the nodes and Pluto and Pluto's polarity points. So the nodes of the moon, they're like a portal into the past and the future, like where we've come from, what we're, what like energetic patterning is potentially holding us back. And the North Node is saying, this is where we're needing to integrate with for our karmic liberation, but it's unfamiliar. And that's where we find this whole phenomenon of like, firstly, resisting what we know is best for us. Secondly, because our, you know, our, as human beings, we're creatures of habit and our primal brain is like anything that's unfamiliar is dangerous. Anything that's familiar is safe. Therefore, we can hold on to the toxicity of things. <laughs> um, so I love looking at what that patterning is for people because it gives the foundation for the rest of the chart. From that point, we're able to understand why you've come in with your sun in Leo, why you've come in with your moon in Virgo, you know. And then Pluto itself speaks to the deepest soul intention for incarnating into this human experience throughout many lifetimes. Like, why are we here? Um, and yeah, Pluto is very much many layers to Pluto, but I, I love Pluto is like all ego death <laughs> stuff. <Yes. Okay. laughs> so it's the most intense planet for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I also wanted to ask you too about blueprint. I love that you're bringing in like past life integration and the why to like why this is showing up in our chart. Um, so for you, it seems like you are absolutely in your blueprint. And for those of us out here who are like, I don't really know how to align with that. Like, how do I understand what my blueprint even is? What kind of suggestions might you have for them? Yeah, well, I mean, definitely get an evolutionary astrology reading. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that's something that you will carry with you for the rest of your life. Um, Because, of course, there's so many layers to this interpretation that probably it's difficult to understand if you don't have that, like, foundational astrological understanding. And the next thing that I would say for people to do is write out a list of the main planets in your chart, like moon in whatever, sun in, Venus in, Mercury, Mars, and then do a little bit of research and put the question at the top, why? Like, why have I come in with this? And how can I best embrace this part of myself? And what people have to understand, though, is that part of our initiation, part of our spiritual initiation is the fact that it's not just easy to step into alignment with the blueprint because part of our spiritual initiation is having to overcome all of the things that tell us that we can't, our conditioning off, you know, from society, family, culture, like all of the things that tell us that we can't be that, you know, we had, that's like part of the spiritual journey, overcoming those things to align, you know, and also I would say, that 
the blueprint continues to evolve with you, you know, so you might come to a point like we're always living out the energies in our chart, but we can be living them out in like a lower vibrational way or a higher vibrational way. And as human beings, that's also just going to depend on like our mood. Like, are we having a good day or not? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So this is, I guess, where free will comes in, which I think you mm -hmm. just touched on so well. It's like, so we do have free will, but if uh, we're out of alignment, we're not going to feel so good. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you think about that? Yeah. Exactly. So as I like to say, you know, we've always had free will. Like in evolutionary astrology, you have created your own fate. You know, the karmic conditions that you've come into this life with, and this is by no means I'm saying this in a way for people to punish themselves. You know, it's not that you are deserving of something bad to happen to you, not at all. There's just lessons in those experiences, which maybe to, are actually trying to help unlock some of your gifts and push you into higher self-worth. Mm -hmm. So I don't want anyone to feel shame around what I'm about to say. But yeah, you know, all of the actions, behaviors and decisions of your past lives have led you to the karmic context, the karmic experience that you're having to go through in this lifetime. Um, and that's why ultimately at, at the end of the day, we have two decisions and we have two desires that live within our soul. The desire to separate from source, which is why we're here in a human body, and the desire to return to source, which is why we're on a spiritual journey, you know, <laughs> and um, that's our freedom of will. We have the freedom of choice to make decisions that support our highest good or resist it. And part of being human is sometimes resisting it. And that's why we're still here in a human body. If we were, if we no longer had any karma to clear, we'd be vibrating on such a high frequency that we wouldn't need to be in a body anymore. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So juicy. <laughs> So I know that subconscious healing and um, now hypnotherapy is coming in as some of your tools for unblocking and releasing, I guess I'll call it shadow because that's what people most understand. But how do you perceive shadow and shadow work? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I love that you asked this question because I also know when I began on the journey of shadow work, it can take time to kind of wrap your head around actually getting what it is. And I remember when I was at the beginning of that journey, I was just so confused. I was like, is the shadow just the part of me that I just don't understand about myself? And, you know, what I've come to learn is that, no, we're actually pretty aware, self-aware human beings. Yes, there's definitely aspects of self that we're going to deny, but I think shadow isn't always even just like a quote unquote negative trait. It can be really positive. Shadow is just anything that you have been taught is not okay about who you are. And it's happened in your childhood. It's happened in your past lifetimes, which is why it's happened in your childhood in this lifetime. You know, I have the belief that like whatever happened to you in your childhood was like the, that was the initiation into your karma. You know, whatever happened there was, and, and I, I don't even know how to put this into words, but it will literally like mind blow you. My, it like blows my mind when I, when I understood this, I'm like mind blow. Sorry. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but it's like literally, you know, those first seven years of your life, that was like the, the eruption of your karma. And that set everything. Now that the healing that you have to do for the rest of your life is you learn to clear your karma again. And it's so funny when I read people's birth charts and I talk about their past lives, they're like, but it sounds like you're talking about this life. And I'm like, yeah, because our karma doesn't just go away. We come in with it. Like it's clear. It's fresh when we come in with it. It's um, we have to get over it. And that's why people will spend lifetimes never getting past 
their karmic patterning because they they'll just keep playing into it yeah this kind of is reminding me of what you were saying earlier about your childhood fears and your past life in Italy having like tomatoes thrown at you and it's interesting because you have curated such a beautiful and a large community on Instagram. So do you feel like social media is helping you play out these, these karmas and, and having an audience and being afraid of being disproved of or something? Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I think, you know, it's been a such a beautiful tool because I, from a young age, I always knew that I wanted to like be seen and do something big like i just had this calling from a young age like i was i have lilith and leo like i was just always like woo let's let's part let's do a show look at me (laughs) (laughs) um but it's been such a beautiful learning journey like firstly i have the most amazing community and as a virgo i can be so hard on myself sometimes and i just like i'm really learning to remind myself to just be like whoa i have the most fucking incredible people around me supporting me like such beautiful humans that i'm so grateful for and then also the really cool thing that i'm loving about instagram is that that's where we get tested you know we get tested in all areas of life but something new that i'm playing with at the moment is like if i'm gonna share something i already recognize what my fear is around it what maybe an insecurity is that's popping up and then i'm like Hmm, I might be tested in that. I might get a comment, you know, something might happen. And the cool thing is that once you kind of integrate that lesson, it doesn't happen again. The universe is like, I don't need to test you on that anymore. Like you've kind of integrated that. We don't need to go there again. So it's cool. Like Instagram can help you to pretty quickly clear your triggers in that way. Yeah, totally. I know I can definitely relate to that. And it's almost a test in for me personally, sovereignty and like, Uh, sharing when I feel called to feel shared and not because I feel pressured or just, you know, there's so many different wavelengths in there. And that's maybe a mini ego death in there as well. I mean, I had my account hacked about two years ago and started totally fresh. And that was such an interesting insight into how much value I placed on the opinions of everybody and uh, beauty and everything. And it's a complete unraveling. So I've looked at it as one of my greatest tools recently. It's just, it can Mm -hmm. really uh, be a mirror back. Totally, totally. And again, it's just, you know, some days I'm just like, oh, I really don't feel like showing up today. And I, but it's so funny because it's usually once I surrender to that feeling and I'm like, okay, you don't have to show up that then something comes through and I'm like, oh, I want to share this. So Mm -hmm. it's this process of just surrendering and not, you know, honoring whatever's coming up for you in the moment. Like that's literally the key to everything. Cause that, that honoring is what alchemizes. And also it's this meeting point, I think with Instagram, with everything, with business between the masculine and the feminine, you know? So it's that beautiful mixture of understanding. We have so much magic in terms of abundance, which is the feminine, like energetic work, this clearing of the subconscious programming that opens you up to manifesting anything you want but then you also have to have the structures in place for that manifestation to come through like portals for money to come in um and you know certain structures around like your marketing and sharing and everything so Mm. yeah that was such a good point you just made too it's like as soon as we acknowledge the resistance or the fear around sharing or something it usually just alchemizes it just as you said I have the same thing I mean I do the podcast every Wednesday and newsletter Sundays and I'm like sometimes I just don't want to do it (laughs) I'm like oh and then I think about it I'm like oh my god just relax Helen like it's 
this is what you love to do. Just share, just do it for you. Um, And then it feels so much better and it resonates a lot, a lot better as well. So what do you find that uh, the women you're coaching and, and men too, I guess, what are they working through mostly right now? Is there a common theme that you're seeing? Yeah, I think, you know, my clientele is very self-aware uh, but they they're still needing clarity that's kind of usually the main thing it's like i just need clarity i need more of this like fine tuning around my direction and my path and this fine tuning around my authentic essence that you know the way that i see what i do and it's funny because not only am i virgo but my virgo sun it's on my midheaven so i have a virgo midheaven which is all to do with career and stuff and it's so funny because i find what i'm doing is i'm like helping to clear away everything that is not you you know like let's clear away the muck the dust the shit that's in the way from you fully embodying yourself your authentic truest self and that's Again, like I see that as the key to freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know you also like to do EFT too, which I have loved. It's been incredibly transformative. So for those of us who are unfamiliar or listening with EFT, can you explain it to us a little bit and how you use it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So EFT is a really nice tool to in the moment, like instantly just shift your emotional and energetic field. Um, you know, it, it, it's the other reason why I really love EFT is like, it's, it's a movement, it's a practice, you know, it's a tool you're using your fingers, you're working with different meridian points in the body. Um, again, it's like acupressure points as if you're using your fingers instead of needles to help release like pent up emotion and energy. Um, so you can achieve really profound releases with EFT. And yeah, the other reason why I love it is if you're someone that maybe struggles with meditation, EFT is kind of like a moving meditation. And it's, you know, for me as a Virgo, like I love practical things. And so I find EFT is quite practical because you are noticing that momentary shift. And I also like to use EFT for manifesting a bit as well, because once we've kind of cleared out that stagnant or, you know, heavy energy in the body, it's like, oh, what are we going to now, you know, put in there? What are we going to put in and, and, and fill up that space with? Um, that we can then vibrate in throughout the day and attract into our field. Oh, I love that. I've never used it for manifestation and now you've given me a little pain. I love that. It makes a lot of sense that people are struggling with clarity, I guess, because it seems like with manifestation in general, like the trigger point or the, the difficulty is actually defining what you even want. Like, what do you want? And sometimes that's the most difficult thing for people. So it's really helpful to have you explain astrology and help us like break down a little bit, like how we can find our blueprint so that we even understand what would resonate most deeply when we do manifest anyways. I also wanted to ask you, um, somebody was talking about this the other day that your, uh, houses and your signs can change depending on where you move. Um, and like your energy will shift. So if I was born on the East coast in Maine and I'm now in California, do I have like a planetary shift and should I look at where, my signs would have lined up if I had been born here. Like, does, do you ever look at that or does that resonate? 
Um, so your birth chart will always stay as it is. So your birth chart is that's it. So your birth chart's not going to change if you move somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, I mean, there's different layers that you could bring into that when looking through the lens of like astrocartography, which is more to do with like locational astrology, but your birth chart itself, it never changes. So the houses aren't going to shift. Um, but that they might've been talking about a solar return chart. A solar return chart is something that you do on your birthday and that will, you know, shift depending on where you are in the world. And that can kind of give us a little setup to see like what the energy of that year holds for you. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, moving around generally, yes, the houses will change. The houses do change depending on where you are in the world. But once you're born and you have that chart, that's yours. Doesn't matter, you know, where you travel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Astrocartography has been very curious to look at. So I guess, can you explain that to us a little bit? Like you can see kind of what lines, uh, you know, yeah, that's not really my field of expertise. I haven't really done, I haven't really studied astrocartography. Um, and I was feeling, I think it's an amazing study. I think it's really, really cool. Um, but then I also was listening to one of my favorite teachers, Stephen Forrest, and he was saying that he doesn't know how accurate the measurements are that's used for astrocartography. So I was like thinking, should I study it? And then I just put my energy to where I'm, you know, I'm feeling very cool. But yeah, basically it's just showing kind of, again, like different lines that run through like meridian points in the earth that can speak to, you know, when you travel to certain locations, what might be activated for you. You know, some people might say that they're going to travel to like their Venus line to maybe fall in love. Um, yeah. And it can, I feel like it can work for some people, but I also think it's a belief thing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that's like why with the type of astrology I practice, I'm all about empowering people. I'm not about blaming anything outside of ourselves, specifically on the planets. I'm like protecting my, my friends, my planetary friends. I'm like, stop blaming them. <laughs> because they're not making you do anything it's like you know um i don't know if you saw that meme it was hilarious of like the moon um talking to those two there was like these two girls talking and don't worry we've all been there but there are these two girls talking and they were like um she, one of them was like i'm feeling so sad today and the other girl was like oh it must be the moon and the moon comes down and it's like no it's not me it's all of your unprocessed trauma that you need to look at like <laughs> you know yeah. So I was just like, that was so funny because it's so true. It's like the the planets are a reflective tool. You know, they're a tool of reflection. They're not controlling us in any way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's it can be easy to get into victim mode. And I think Mercury retrograde is famous for putting us into victim mode and saying, oh, my life is falling apart. It's just the planets <laughs> every, every couple months. Yeah. Uh, but what is going on currently with our astrology and in our, you know, system right now? Well, we are, I mean, I think the biggest thing, we've just come out, of course, of Mercury retrograde. Um, I think the biggest thing, we've also just come out of a really powerful stellium between Neptune, Venus, and the sun in Pisces, which would have had us for like a few weeks feeling pretty dreamy and kind of you know, it, the funny thing I like to say is like with Pisces season, everyone's like, oh, it's so emotional. You know what? The truth is Pisces season, it's a little bit more disassociative. So you mm -hmm. might feel a bit more sensitive, but come Aries season, you know, the sun has just entered Aries on the 20th of March. All your shit comes up. 
Like, I don't know if you felt that, but as soon as the sun went into Aries, I was exhausted and I was so emotional. And I was like, this is it. This is Aries season. Like Aries is unfiltered. It's uninhibited. It doesn't hold back. And with the sun in Aries, now we have to just be very careful that we're not um, burning ourselves out. Aries is not good at regulating its energy um, because it's like, go, go, go full steam ahead. And if we're like that, we're just as quickly going to hit a wall. So utilize the confidence and the initiation of Aries season, but be very careful about like running yourself into a wall is what I say. Mm -hmm. And then the biggest transit that we're kind of going through this whole year, it's coming on and off because of the retrograde motion and it will finish up in December is the big square between um, Uranus and Saturn. So I'm actually really excited about this square. I don't see it as like, I think it's actually holding so much more creative potential than it's probably been given credit for because um, Saturn is in Aquarius, which is ruled by Uranus and Uranus is in Taurus. So they're both kind of in, you know, Saturn, which is a very earthy planet is in this like radical eccentric planet uh, archetype, sorry, of Aquarius and Uranus, which is this like radical eccentric planet is in this very grounded, stable archetype of Uranus. So I think it's actually a really beautiful energy that's playing out there. And I think it's going to push many people to have to push past limitations in their life, limitations of conditioning, physical limitations that are stopping them from, um, you know, kind of inventing and just bringing this like next level of experience into their lives. Mm. So, yeah. Good. Oh, thank you. And what is this? What happens when planets are square? Uh, so when they're square, they're kind of close to making like a 90 degree angle to one another in the chart. Um, and it's basically just like, I mean, traditional astrologers would call it a hard aspect. In evolutionary astrology, we kind of like to say you charge the aspect, however you, you know, you can charge it in like a positive or a negative way. Right. Mm. Um, but it is an aspect of friction, right? Cause there's these two planets that are kind of having different, um, it's more so not even the planets, it's the archetypes. The archetypes are the ones that are squaring one another. Um, and they have kind of different needs or different qualities playing out. And so that's when we can find a bit of like friction inside of us, but it's always those aspects that actually create the most growth. It's usually the more like flowing aspects, like trines that can almost be a bit more lazy. It's like, oh, that's easy. Like, I don't have to try, you know, whereas these ones that are like with friction, it's like, I have to actually try to make this work. And then we grow from that. Yeah. Okay, cool. That really helps to understand that a little better. <laughs> yes. So tell me a little bit too about um, the hypnosis work that you're doing. You're getting trained to be a hypnotherapist, right? I am. So at the moment, I, yeah, I'm doing a bunch of certifications at the moment because, but the main thing I will be focusing on is the hypnotherapy. Um, I don't know when you're releasing this, but I'm sure by the time you've released it, I've already launched my, my program. So I'm actually, no one knows yet. So surprise, I'm <laughs> about to launch a three month, um, the first time I'm ever doing this, but a three month, like intimate mentoring program, which is going to involve the three pillars of the soul blueprint, evolutionary astrology, hypnosis and subconscious reprogramming, and then abundance mindset. So the goal is to like, look at all of the shit, 
clear it and imprint brand new belief systems that help people to step into like next level abundance in their careers and in their lives. Um, so yeah, I, I love hypnosis. It's something that I would invest, you know, so much money into because I know that it's like the fastest track way to clear, you know, whatever has been holding you back in your life in terms of a belief system that you have looping in the subconscious. It's like, if you're ready to let go of that, hypnosis is going to clear that out. And then you are literally a free human being. <laughs> I know. It's so fulfilling. It's I've, I guess, well, Lacey's work uh, to be magnetic is kind of like hypnosis, right? Like those deep imaginings are like, what do you think the difference is there between hypnosis and like deep imagining? Um, it, they are kind of hypnotic, but I'd say they're more just like a bit of a deep meditation. Like mm -hmm. they take you into that deeper brain state, you know, you're more like um, receptive and able to tap into the subconscious. So they are kind of hypnotic, but I'd say hypnosis itself, it's more suggestive. Like you're really starting to suggest things that almost confuse the conscious mind and then like really activate the subconscious to be open and hypnosis it's very symbolic so sometimes it, that's why again it's like not always making sense because our subconscious is symbolic but the conscious mind it's rational and so that's why again you're, you're using different tools um like neuro-linguistic programming for example like you're using different um tools and words to kind of really help to open up the subconscious there Oh, I love that. So where can people find you, Daisy, if they want to work with you and take this course? Yeah, so uh, you can find me on Instagram, which is at flowersfordays, D-A-I-S. And it's the same for my website, flowersfordays.com, which I'll have the link there for the self-mastery mentorship program. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for being here and, and joining me. I love talking with you. Right. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I hope you learned something new from this conversation and please feel free to hit us up on Instagram and let us know what you picked up on. Again, Daisy's at uh, flowers for days and I'm at Helen Denham underscore and my website's HelenDenham.com where you can find links to my blog posts and music and past podcast episodes. And every Sunday, I send out a little self-care Sunday newsletter. So if that sounds fun, um, you can sign up for it on my website. Okay, have a beautiful rest of your day wherever you are or evening. And I love you so much. Talk to you soon.